This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Oh, welcome, welcome back to another edition of the Nightcap. My name is Lindsey Brown, your host, always and forever. And took last week off because it was Martin Luther King Day and mostly because the Vegas Gold Knights were in a mad dash through their first six contests of the year. And uh, to break down what has transpired since we talked to you last is my trusty co-host on the Nightcap and on the Playmakers, Paul Ihander. Hello, Paul Dub. Hello, Lindsay. How are you today, friend? I am uh, doing pretty good yeah. uh, with, uh, with a victory yesterday. With mm-hmm. that one nothing victory, I should say, on Sunday over Arizona, I'm happy to say that we no longer have to see the Arizona Coyotes for another three months. Yeah, I don't I'm mind excited it. for that. I don't mind it because, uh, first of all, I think that Darcy Kemper was definitely starting to take some notes, starting to take over games that he tends to do, especially if they're low-scoring affairs, which yesterday's game was. But it's just no fun playing the same team over and over again. I mean, it's fun in the playoffs because, you know, you're playing for keepsies then. But this, you know, you're just kind of... Again? By, by, Again? By Friday, I was done with them. And by Sunday, I just wanted it to be over, like pulling out a splinter that had been stuck there right. forever. It's like, let's just get out of here and get a dub, which they did. Mm-hmm. A late dub by any means, but it pushes them into like this next kind of portion of the season where it's another big, long run at home. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be starting that runoff uh, at home with the St. Louis Blues. And that's really going to be their first big test. No disrespect to the Coyotes or to the Ducks, but I just it's a different type of air when you've won a cup in the last couple of seasons and have the amount of talent that the St. Louis Blues have and play with that type of snarl. Because as much as yesterday's game was great because the Golden Knights won, one to nothing, as you said, with a, with a, a victory coming in the final minute from a goal from William Carlson, the Coyotes play a pretty loose and fun and free speedy type of style and that's where you can kind of put them in a corner really easily if you're able to steal their magic early on but the teams that do get do get down early but are willing to work down low in the corners that are willing to win in the face off dots that are willing to just grind it out hit you block any shot by any means necessary that those are the big boys. Those are the teams that are going to be around late in playoffs, and that's exactly how this Blues team is built to do. And granted, they're not off to like a blazing start, but there's really nobody in the league besides the Knights that would, could consider themselves to off to a blazing start. And it's not like the Knights have played, you know, super well night in and night out. But Peter DeBoer said yesterday he thought yesterday's effort was their most complete 60 minute effort of the game, and it's it's hard to argue when it's a one to nothing contest because how often do we see a shutout with this team? Not very 
often. And you get solid goalie play like that. Mm-hmm. The advantage for the Knights is that they sit atop the standings, but the disadvantage is, is that they continue to hold that target on their back. And the longer you have that target, the more teams are going to come at you. With their best is, game. Right, which mm-hmm. is why I wasn't crazy about the Coyotes and having to play them four straight times where, yeah, there's it some... It gets lethargic a little bit. Yeah, there's some familiarity and early mm-hmm. on it, you know, in this series, and I say series in, a, in the loosest sense, you know, possible, but where we really had their number, it felt like we were really outclassing them. But again, the targets on their back and you, you get an Arizona team that's now hungrier for wins more and more. Right. They know they can hang in certain places. And it was really a matter of time, whether or not they were able to put it together in one shiny game, right. which is what they were able to do. They got to play opportunistic because they just don't have the same amount of talent or, or, or physicality to keep up with teams like the Knights. If they're playing into the Knights game, which is which for the Knights is good because if they can control tempo and control the way that they play, they're mm-hmm. always going to have success in this Western division. It's just right. it's just the nature of the beast. It's the way this team is put together. But night in and night out, if they have to consistently take the best shots from these teams, and yes, this St. Louis two-game set here is going to be an incredible test for this team to see mm-hmm. really where they stand uh, in terms of this division. While they stand on top, again, you mentioned it's Arizona and right. it was Anaheim. But they're going to take a couple of really hard punches here from a team that really is their equal on the ice. Right. And we obviously have some other alternative storylines as well. As We took Alex Petrangelo from their team, captain, former captain of their squad, and then put him on ours. And so there's something to be said about the iron sharpening iron because when we sharpen skates, we have to sharpen them against a stone, Paul. Otherwise, you can't. You can't sharpen them and so we talked a little bit about the playmakers uh today about how that is present in our goaltending department for your Golden Knights, which is playing incredibly well only one loss to, to either of those records that being uh being robin leonard on friday who did not play his best game but mark andre Fleury looks refreshed he looks like he's he's playing a little bit more inside of himself and playing the game that this team needs to play because as much as we always say the Knights need to find their their game, they need to find their tempo. It's that is ever changing because you're not dealing with the same people and the, and and having the same amount of energy or focus on on any given night. Like you have to be able to go with the flow. And one thing that Mark Andre Fleury was great for because it would provide such great momentum swings when he was getting the saves was his crazy athleticism that he could you know get across the crease and rob these guys or get a couple of rebounds but if you're not getting those if you're just a little bit off and you're taking yourself out of position that creates that chaotic energy in your defensive zone that just eats away at the confidence of your team and I'm not seeing that from him and I think as much as that is him getting rest I think it's because he knows that that is not his net alone that he is competing for it night in and night out and that's what I mean when we when we face the blues because there's something to be said about the pregame butterfly and, and getting hyped up for a big-time matchup because it's just, if I was playing a team that I knew that we were going to beat, that we usually be like 8 nothing or 6 to nothing. it wasn't the same intensity. You could, you could try to fabricate all you want, but there's not the same intensity leading up to those moments to the game. And so it's going to be a battle, and it's going to be their first really battle test of the season. And so they've had plenty of time to get their feet wet, but uh, you know they certainly haven't played their best hockey. 
by any means. Well, Lindsay, you mentioned getting their feet wet, and this leads me to where you you took a little bit of my thunder there by saying that they are not playing some of their best hockey. But I think under the circumstances, the Knights, and especially Marc-Andre Fleury, have made the near-correct mental adjustments, and he's certainly settled in physically because he has made the adjustment from being an every-night goalie Mm -hmm. into an every-other-night goalie, which takes that mental adjustment, and physically, he seems to have benefited from it. He's only given up three goals in three games. So we know he's that Mark andre the classic Mark andre Fleury, Mm old-school Mark andre whatever you want to call it, that he is now in that zone. And I think the rest of the squad, too, to a certain extent, has made that adjustment into this new schedule, this new way of NHL uh, schedule life and game life Mm -hmm. that we've seen. Now, advantage-wise, they've only had to play in two arenas, and they're going to play in these same two arenas for several more weeks, which helps them just in terms of sight lines and mm-hmm. glare and what you know, whatever else you want to call it, right. is where it is. But this team sitting at five and one, it's not fluky. It, it's where no. they, it's where they need it's to be. It's proof of the system that right. it's working. It's where they need to be. It's very. You know, and I don't know the the Pete DeBoer coaching style from his time because I didn't follow the San Jose Sharks by any means. But or the from, Devils. Mm-hmm. Or from the Devils. But from what we've seen here, at least in the past, you know, half a year so far in the start of this new season, is that this team is definitely settled into routine pretty well. Right. And that... That wasn't necessarily the case before, even when DeBoer was coaching, because when you make a midseason coaching change, he's not going to be coming in, implementing his systems and everything because you're just you're just trying to win over the guys in the room, first of all. And then, you know, the 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 pause happened and what have you. But you can tell that this is a very different coach team. You can tell if if if, if fans were being loud in, in practice right now, it's just it's very intentional there's a lot of stops there's we're gonna go up to the board these these drills are very intricate because we're working on this very specific skill set and the and the one thing that peter DeBoer is is one of those system coaches and it's one thing that does hold him back because sometimes you get kind of set in your ways like when we were talking about uh uh, last week in terms of we got to get another breakout besides pushing it up the boards because all of a sudden arizona was picked that up from the first game it was pinching down super hard with their defensemen and that's where you ran into that that first game where we won but it was an absolute gong show of a game but when you have that sort of calming presence when you have you know this is what your this is what your assignment is this is what this position does this is where you you go in this situation it takes some of the mental load off the players and the emotional load as well because you know that if if a plus b happens then c is going to happen versus we're just going to try to chip this puck out and then hope that we have enough lightning in a bottle that we can get something going. Now, you talk about intentional drills and, and intention being being very uh, deliberate in practices. Does that, though, create, and I think in some cases I can refer relate this to, like, kids who mm-hmm. color pictures. Color within the lines. Color within the lines. Yes. This is what we're doing. Coloring within the lines. But it's but I think sometimes when you don't color outside the lines, you lose some of the creativity as a player, especially on the ice, mm-hmm. because that's where the essence of the game is. It's not yes. just about structured plays, but it's about having some of that creativity. Is this Knights team, and I'm I'm trying to find it in certain places, and I see it, you know, with Zach Whitecloud doing a glove save, you know, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a Revo pass between the legs, yeah. and, and last night's winner to Carlson uh, against It's about picking Arizona. your spots, though. Okay, I get that, but do we have to... Is it picking your spots all the time to where that deliberateness kind of stifles the creativity a little bit? Because I... I, I as someone who watches hockey, likes hockey, mm-hmm. is a hockey fan, and sometimes doesn't get into too, doesn't get too intricate into that game, mm-hmm. I like flashes of brilliance. Yes, 
It's it's absolutely a thing. There's absolutely a, a horse blinder, you know, aspect to that. But that's where it's 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 very dependent on morale, especially with with how Peter DeBoer is as a, as a coaching personality, or at least the the way that I understand and read him is that he's a pretty serious guy, and that he there's definitely a, a space of separation that was not there with Coach Gallant, and that's. That's what was needed at the time, and that's why they went in this direction because this team has goals not to just make deep runs in playoffs. It's about winning the Cup. And sometimes when you have a personality and 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 talent that this team has that can get a little bit more wheel and deal, that can get creative because we've seen that since the inception of this team. It's very, like you said, it's like kids, but it's it's dependent on each kid because not all kids, you know, like coloring. Not all kids like, like using the color green or, and they want to color outside lines because that is incredibly necessary. But if you're early part of the season or if it's this this type of situation in a game, you can't just have everybody being, well, I'm this is now my time to go outside of myself and make something crazy happen because you have to buy into the system. The system has to be foundationally set in there so that it's not where we're just relying on, on Marcia so to, to go on a breakaway and go bar down because we know what he can do when he when he gets the puck and open ice. It's like you want to get those opportunities and get the confidence to the level for everyone if they get that exact opportunity that they're going to shoot their best shot just like you do it every time, Marcia, because we know you're going bar down and, you're, and the goalie does too and you still beat them. But not everybody is at that level. And that's where it's instead of going more towards individual efforts that end up in a team victory, it's a team um, work towards the individual game itself, if that makes sense. It's just trying to basically control your energy a little bit better and pick and choose your spots, whether that's in the game itself or in a particular like matchup. So that's where it's just you got to know when the right time is to do these things. And if morale isn't going well, if they're not getting the positive reinforcement and they're going to go through some some points this season where it's not going to be a super fun time to be a hockey player, that's where it's really going to be tested. But at this point of this year and what we know now, and because we have to go shift by shift, Paul, it's still about the system. It's about making sure that it is we before me mentality. Well, system works because winning is fun. And exactly. The fa- and the fans are having a good time watching this team win. Exactly. And and that, and that's all, it, all it's all about for hockey and the we before me mentality. And there's no one better that I know that is a better example of the we before me mentality. Is our next guest right here on the Nightcap. Winnie Bro- ba- Brown, captain of the Minnesota Whitecaps, joins us in mere moments right here on the Nightcap. Alone. Your Monday Night Power Play, The Nightcap, on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Oh my goodness, this is a special day. It always is a special day when the Nightcap is on the air, which happens every Monday right here on CBS Sports Radio 1140. But our next guest here is one of my closest best friends and happens to be one of the greatest hockey players that I've ever played with and that I think really has ever played. Uh, The captain of the Minnesota Whitecaps, Winnie Brote-Brown, joins us on the line now right here on the Nightcap. Winnie... What was the focus at practice today? Because I'm sure there were some tired legs after that big time comeback win yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, it was a just a half an hour practice, just kind of get loose because the last two days have been a pretty big battle, especially after not playing a game for ten months. So we had just took it easy, got some shots on Morris and uh, Levier, and just kind of passed the puck around. 
right? It's just like riding a bike most of the time, especially after you guys are coming off two uh, wins to start out the NWHL season, which is in a bubble in Lake Placid. You're very familiar with that rink. You, you spent some time living out there many years ago. Was was that yesterday's comeback in terms of the swing? Uh, you guys were down, you know, five to one with a couple minutes left in that second period, but end up winning the game in the shootout. Has there ever been a more exciting game that you were a part of than the one that you played in yesterday? Yeah, definitely not in Lake Placid, that's for sure. Um, it was coming back from a 5-1 to one deficit. Everyone was kind of, you know, really on high alert on the bench. And, you know, I just kind of try to keep everyone calm and just you just got to chip away at those games. And I'm thinking that in Lake Placid, you know, anything's hap- happened. So <laughs> right. we, uh, we just took advantage of that magical place that day. And and it's tough because when you when you get down big, especially early in the game, and it doesn't matter if they're good goals or bad goals, it just it becomes the, the hill that needs to be climbed gets to be really big. And so, like you said, it's it's chipping away. And and you being the leader that you are, as I said, you're the, you're the captain of that team. Always have been, always will be. You know, how do you keep yourself in that mindset as well? Because you're you're the one you're the beacon that everybody is looking to. Yeah, I think just on the bench, you got to keep everyone involved. All the players are going every other shift and, you know, the players that maybe aren't getting as many shifts in. And um, it was one of those interesting games where even our goalie, Amanda Levy, had to come out of the game and, you know, Allie Morris had to jump in. So it was kind of a neat game where it was a lot of people getting different points. Every single person stepped on the ice and participated. And, you know, in these types of games, in these types of situations, you need everyone Um you know, staying positive and, you know, just going out there and doing their best when they're given their chance. And I think our coaches really kept their composure as well and kept us in it and kept us focused on the task at hand. And you're pretty familiar with the coach, with that being your dad, Jack Broad, who is literally one of the funniest and best hockey coaches I've ever played for other than yourself. I mean, there's too many Jack Broad quotes that I, you know, live by, that I die with, that I, the, my favorite one is first you got to get good and then you got better. <laughs> what did, uh, what did he say after that, uh, that second intermission where you guys scored tw- uh, a quick two goals to make it five, three? Um, well, he always says, you know, you got to be relevant. And, you know, every single player that went out there uh, tried to be relevant and make things happen as quickly as we could because, you know, the games are long, but the time was certainly uh, running out. And he's just, you know, one of those coaches along with Laura Slominski that just kind of keeps you fired up all game too um, with the things that they say and, you know, just kind of the one-liners and so forth. So we just kind of – we're relaxed, bent for the most part, but um, we – we keep our intensity pretty high. Right. It's it's about challenging people to bring out, you know, better versions of themselves. And sometimes it's a pat on the back and sometimes it's a kick in the butt. And, and Jack does more of the kicking mm-hmm. of the butt part. Um, but <laughs> but what for you? Because, like, I, I feel like everybody is capable of being a good leader if you just kind of buy into the, to a system and buy into a creed. But what what is the difference between a good leader and a great leader for you? Uh, I think a leader is a person that is able to bring a whole group together and keep them positive and, you know, keep everyone at their best, whether they're, you know, like I said, playing every shift or the players that are, you know, maybe not getting out there all the time, but just keeping everyone involved and everyone supporting each other. And I think that's what leadership is. And I know obviously my role on this team has changed quite a bit over the years and everyone just has to accept their roles. And I think the leaders, it starts with, you know, them accepting their roles and, you know, just, 
kind of keeping everyone else in check. Absolutely. I mean, I, I compared you. Uh, we, we were doing a GOAT status check on, on the playmakers earlier because we were talking about Tom Brady and, and what he's been able mm-hmm. to do. And, and granted, he, he's he's definitely the, the part of the, the Tampa Bay offense that makes it run. But as you say, you're, you're, you're 42 years old yourself. The ageless wonder, like I said, I, I, I don't think I've met anybody that... It, can maintain the level of hockey that you play what where does that come from where is the differentiating factor where you're still able to play at this level and to be as as big of a contributor as you are uh i actually probably it goes back to when i started playing this game and it was always a battle and it was always more of a game of being able to survive out there for the first 17 years of my life uh, playing with the boys and, you know, every player out there, you know, their goal was to hit the girl or, you know, take her out of the game or, and this wasn't even just the players, it was the coaches as well. So obviously the game was still fun for me, but when the whole uh, environment for me probably changed when, you know, I was able to play with the girls and it wasn't that, it was like, I wanted to perform and do my best and be the best I could be. I wasn't worried just about, you know, <laughs> getting through that game. <laughs> Right. Um, so I think it's one of those things where uh, the game is still fun for me. And my game as a player has changed quite a bit. I mean, when I was younger, I was a super offensive-minded defender. Uh, in the middle of my career when I was playing, you know, uh, coll- collegiate and <clears throat> and all that, and maybe on Team USA too. And when I started playing hockey with the boys, I was a defensive defenseman where I just my roles were break the puck out and stop the rush you know that was my two roles and and now it's kind of funny because now I'm reverting back to that player which I'm like I probably should have never left that player maybe oh, I don't know about <laughs> um, that and just it went it, the game went to been as fun <laughs> for sure uh but now I'm just like that player that's you know just your steady D that's going to break the puck out um stop the rush and just you know do my job Right, because like malleability, people think like to to accept your role and to and to go back and forth, being like I'm supposed to be the center of attention here. Now I'm not supposed to be. Or like you said, it's the survival complex when you're when you're playing against guys and especially guys that don't want you to be there because you are one of you mm-hmm. know the, the pioneers of the of the women's game, not just in Minnesota but 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 in general. And and mm-hmm. I always talk about um, like people that that have greatness within them. They the best thing you can tell the best people is the word no, and so I. I call it the no-ment. What What is the most mm-hmm. impactful no-ment for you during your career? Because if it spans as long as it has for you, there's no way that, that everybody's been like, yep, bring her on in. She's good. She's good. Keep going. Because otherwise it would just be too easy. Right. I think, yeah, what kind of drives me as a person is when someone tells me I can't do something or not to do something. Uh, that's kind of my inner competition that I'll prove you wrong if you tell me that I can't do something. Um, So I think that's what has probably always driven me. Like when I first started playing hockey, you know, I wasn't supposed to be playing hockey, according to some people. And I was like, I can play this game. And then through my career, I had ups and downs and, you know, making teams, not making teams. And it's like, I, I know myself and, you know, I believed in myself. And that's why I was like, I can play this game at, you know, a high level. So, and it's always been fun for me. 
And that's hard to do when, when everybody else is telling you because it, it's hard to do even when people are supporting you because there's just self-doubt. Everybody's a human being in that sense. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I've always really uh, um, admired uh, about you, Winnie. And so when, when you're playing def- defense these days, you know, that you've seen the game climb to, to such new heights talent level-wise. You know, what's, who's the toughest player that you've ever had to defend and why? Um, I would say that a Haley Wickenheiser is probably the hardest. I've to heard of her. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because she was, I mean, she had every aspect of the game, um, from the standpoint, I mean, she was strong, she was smart. Um, she just saw the ice so well. And I'm talking about opponents cause obviously I've played with, you know, a lot of the names, you know, like Chrissy and Natalie and those girls as well. Um, but just from like a, person that wasn't my teammate uh, to play against, I think, yeah, it would have to be Haley Wickenheiser. And she just brought, she just made everyone around her that much better too, which is that's when you know those are the greatest players in the world. Absolutely, because it's and it's uh, it goes to the the testament of hockey of it's about what what you're doing without the puck on your stick versus what you are. Because if those people aren't in the right positions, because they know they want to make sure that she is there, she is at her best and has her ability to you know put her skill on display. That then why are we even out here, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it when it comes to finding that energy and the momentum in games, you know, especially now that it's it, that everybody is playing in empty stadiums. Uh, you guys are in the bubble in Lake Placid, you know, and uh, here in, in Vegas, the Golden Knights are playing in an empty T-Mobile, which is one of the most bizarre hockey experiences I've ever been a part of. <laughs> where where do you find that? Where do you think the the sweet spot is for for teams that are looking to generate their own energy and momentum? Because it's not a given. It's something that you have to really go at yeah. with with intention. Right, and I I think that's you know a really good point is our bench has been super um, exciting on the bench. Like every time we score, we're fired up, and it's probably because we haven't played a game in ten months. Um, but I think it's because we're all gonna have to feed off of each other's energy in every shift because you don't have you know those fans to kind of get you get you going, but you do have your teammates right there to just you know keep encouraging and that's kind of what I try to do on the bench is you know just keep everyone involved because the more involvement and the more positive um it just keeps everyone on track absolutely and and it's there's something to be said about being on the ice and you're like that's probably the the place where it's the most normal you know as we live in the new normal here during during the COVID era you know that 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 kind of escapism that it provides to players. But speaking to your like large or kind of life in the bubble right now, what is that like? Where, how, where are you guys staying? What are you guys doing uh, to stay uh, focused and, and, and having fun when you're not on the ice? Yeah. So we've been, you know, staying in a hotel and we've been eating all our meals here. A lot of us are either taking the bus or um, we've been walking a lot because the rink is only like, 1.2 1.2 miles away, which is actually kind of a nice warm up and cool down. Um, but it's uh, been a lot of work too because I've just you know brought my computer and doing my daily work here. And we've been fortunate enough that we got here and we had a game um, and two games in a row. <laughs> so you know, as on a game day, it's it's pretty much filled with all game day stuff. And then by the time you're done with your game, it's the day is over. So that's been kind of nice, and I think we have nine games, possibly, a total of nine in 14 days, so that's pretty much a game every other day. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's that's crazy, and it's, yeah, so it's going to go uh, pretty fast. 
Right, because you guys are doing the regular season and, and then starting the playoffs for the Isabel Cup. And, you know, you guys were going to be going to that final in Boston last year. I remember talking to you, and you guys were super excited to go play and, and defend mm-hmm. your, your title. You guys were the first uh, inaugural winners of the Isabel Cup, which is the, the equivalent of the Stanley Cup for the uh, NWHL. You know, it was it was widely rumored that that was going to be it for you, and and because you 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 obviously you have the you have OS hockey, which is the most uh, wildly successful uh, business up in Minnesota with for for women's uh, hockey development, and and it's just at some point you move on. But what to have that taken away from you was that something that you base your return where you were like, yep, I'm going back because we're not going to play this game, or did that decision come later down the road? Yeah, well, I can't really my personality can't stop in the middle of something. So for me, that's, you know, I couldn't finish without finishing a whole season entirely. Um, So that was a pretty easy decision for me to come back. And I knew that this season, you know, with the situation we were put in with COVID, I knew it was going to be a shorter season. Um, I didn't have any idea it'd be in a bubble, Uh, but it's actually, it's working out pretty nicely. And I think people were kind of um, questioning it at the beginning. And I think now that we're here and it's going, I think it's, you know, generate a lot of momentum. And I think our team's, you know, pretty excited about it. Well, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, you guys are going to be on the NBC, you know, nationally televised broadcast. I mean, I, I watched the games this weekend on Twitch, but like that's huge for for the women's game. And, and you've been behind, you know, the Whitecaps were, were were around long before the NWHL. You've been in, in the background with all of that. You know, what what does that mean to to the game at large? But what does that mean to you personally as someone that has put so much into growing the women's game and to getting the recognition and most importantly, the sponsorship? that is really needed to make make this thing go and take the next step. Yeah, it's pretty incredible um, to see how much the NWHL has done in the last, you know, few years. And to have the exposure from NBC is just, I mean, it's incredible. And it's going to do so much for the sport. And I remember when, you know, high school hockey in Minnesota was just coming to the stage and, you know, it got a lot of um, – a lot of hype and you know a lot of people are like well the hockey is not that great but it's like yeah but it give it time and now you look at high school hockey and college hockey across the country and it's like wow look at what's happened in you know a short amount of time 15 20 years and you know this is a starting point it's you know i think it's going to be a great stage for you know people across the country to be able to see these women who have played at a high level um, in college, you know, have these people see them. And I think it's going to get a lot of, uh, support. And I think a lot of people are going to follow it. And I think a lot of little girls hopefully will tune in and see, you know, where they can play one day. Right. Cliches are cliches for a reason. The whole, if you can see it, you can be it thing is absolutely true because it's just. And it's actually true. Right. Because I remember growing up, you know, uh, watching you play for the for the golfers. I remember the first time I went Mm -hmm. to an OS camp and I I said the first thing I said, he was like, "Um, you talk to my dad on the phone. And I was just like so excited that you (laughs) knew my dad, that you knew me, that I was going to be able to like learn under you and to like just see that Mm -hmm. from where I'm standing and and where it is now versus like where, where you you've been it's it's incredible and so to like talk about the 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 transition of the game in terms of the gameplay itself what's the biggest difference in in women's hockey today versus where it was 10 years ago do you think like where has been the biggest jump and improvement skill wise oh 
your position, Lindsay. I would say gold. Is it because of my is, influence? Probably. Yes, absolutely. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I think yeah, the goaltending has just really had to elevate. It elevated to the point where the players now have had to elevate because the goalies are getting so much better that obviously when the goalies are better, then the shooters have to get better. The players have to get better. Um, and, you know, goaltending from even 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, all the individualized training that these goaltenders are getting now, it's like a, it's like an individual sport partially, you know, mm-hmm. mixed in with, you know, the team component where it's, um, it's really big that these kids are getting, you know, that type of um, knowledge, you know, to become so much better in the nets, which, like I said, you know, the best players on your team should be your goalies. And then, so if your best players are your goalies, then everyone else just has to get better. Right. <laughs> I mean, iron sharpens iron. Boston, it's like, you know, it's two to one game because the goaltending is that good. Right. It's it's crazy. I, I tend to agree because it's just like you said, it pushes everybody else to be better. I mean, we talked about uh, mm-hmm. Paul and I talked about it earlier between Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury. I'm like, well, I think Fleury's playing so well because he actually has somebody to compete with. So you have to earn it every uh-huh. single day. And that it's mm-hmm. it's not exactly a fun place to be. It's not a fun way to live, but it gets you the results that you never thought were really possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think you could say that the same uh, about about the women's game, about you and, and about the white caps in general. So so what's What's the biggest thing that you want to to leave behind through this this bubble legacy? Like you said, it's about the exposure. But what about you personally? Like when you look back five, ten years from now, because I know you watch so much of your own tape. I'm totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> but but what do you what type of game do you want to play to leave behind? Um, I just want to see a game that is just fast moving and physical, and you know, just a game that if you're a um, guy or a girl watching it's just a respected game and you know that people can appreciate that talent that's on the ice and um i think that's what anyone just wants to see and i want to see you know people just continue to play with a passion um because that's the most fun you know game to watch is you know you have people playing with grit and heart and all that stuff and that's kind of you know the legacy i want to leave is you know a player that kind of left everything out there. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, if if you go out and block a shot, it doesn't matter if you're the fastest skater, the slowest skater, if you score goals or not, everybody gets those (laughs) stick taps. And and that's the great thing about hockey and and that respect level that that you alluded to. And so before I let you go, Winnie, on on a little bit more of a personal note and a question, you're on a breakaway against me, which happened, which has happened several, several thousand times. How do you score on Lindsey Brown? What's your most effective move that's going to get the puck behind that goal line if I'm the goaltender standing oh, in just, between it? I just flip it over your shoulder. You know that. <laughs> just keep it simple, right? I'm not probably keep overthinking it, it. Which way is she going to go? Is it a one-timer? Will she try to go off the boards? Anything is possible it's with you, Wayne. a knuckle puck over your shoulder. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Hey, all I know is that I was at college skate like four or five years ago and we had a division one Minnesota Golden Gopher that where that you turned the puck over to her on your blue line. And she's one of the fastest skaters out there. And you in your in your late 30s turned around and caught her. I'm like, this woman is a freak of nature. It is not fair. It is not fair. Yeah, I put my turbo jet. Oh, on. my I God. My, uh, and you don't even look at like pushes. it. You don't even look like you're working hard. That's the most annoying thing. I know. That's that's the most annoying thing, right? I know it's 
demoralizing. That's where I think people maybe thought that I wasn't going as fast because it's just, it's, Effortless. and like I said, it goes back to my figure skates. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You teach kids how to skate on figure skates. That's one of your tried and true methods, right? Yep. Yep. Most people wouldn't think it. Most people wouldn't think it. Well, Winnie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And the best of luck to well, you and all the you. team. I'm honored to have be on your show, Lynn. Oh, of course. We'll have to do it many more times, but maybe in a less stressful Absolutely. part of your life. So thank you so much, <laughs> Winnie. Have a great rest of your night. Get some sleep. Don't go to bed until at least one. Right. You know I won't. Okay. All right, that was Winnie Broat Brown, the captain of the Minnesota Whitecaps. Thank you to her for joining. And we just have a couple minutes left because it is a short, shifted show. We'll be right back here on the Nightcap. The Nightcap. That's a night with a K, as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio 1140. Boy, whenever, wherever you want to listen to the interview that we just did with Winnie Broke Brown or any portion of the nightcap, you can find that on the radio.com app or Apple Podcasts if that's what you prefer. All you got to do is search out the, include the, nightcap and you should be able to subscribe and share with your friends because totally honest like we are i am as as most of us are are dependent on people sharing word of mouth or word of text whatever send it around because it's all about support it's all about attention and i can't get out there unless somebody tells someone else about it but i appreciate you guys all hanging out with me tonight uh to break down gold night stuff to break down the nwhl and the women's side of the game that is so important to support uh and and there's going to be a lot on your horizon for your gold nights because they are now going to be facing, I think, their biggest test of the season this week with a couple of games up against St. Louis. You know, Paul and I talked a, a few minutes about getting their feet wet with, with Anaheim and then the, and with Arizona again and again and again. But in terms of having playoff experience, in terms of having that grit, having that understanding of what it takes from your body, from each shift uh, or to win at the highest level, the Blues are incredibly, incredibly familiar with it. And so are your Golden Knights. But as Winnie just said, iron sharpens iron. The best are brought out by playing the best. And I'm glad that we are all here to share that with each other. This has been the Nightcap right here on CBS Sports 1140. My name is Lindsey Brown, and we'll see you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.